Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1. The IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, and the Shin Bet Security Agency have released new footage revealing part of Hamas's terror tunnel network beneath Gaza City's Shifa Hospital, where the terror group is suspected to have a main command center. Footage from two separate devices lowered into a tunnel entrance discovered by the IDF at the Shifa complex shows a tunnel shaft located on the hospital grounds under a canopy. In the vicinity, IDF troops found a Hamas pickup truck with weapons similar to those used in the October 7th attacks. The tunnel extends 10 meters, just over 30 feet underground, with the actual tunnel continuing for 55 meters, which is approximately 180 feet. The IDF has not opened a closed metal door along the tunnel route due to concerns about potential booby traps. The military suspects that such doors are used by Hamas to block Israeli forces from accessing command centers and underground assets. The IDF also released CCTV videos and still images that they claim depict Hamas fighters bringing hostages into Al-Shifa Hospital on October 7th. Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari, the IDF spokesperson, presented two brief videos and several still images during a news conference. According to Hagari, the footage shows Hamas fighters forcibly moving the hostages, one Nepali and one Thai, through Gaza's largest hospital. In one CCTV video, a hostage is seen being brought into the hospital through a main entrance, forcefully guided through the building. The second CCTV video reportedly shows another hostage visibly injured with a bandaged hand and bleeding being pushed on a gurney down a hallway and into a room. The IDF and the Israel Security Agency announced a brief suspension of, quote, military activities in the city of Rafah in the southern Gaza Strip on Sunday for humanitarian purposes. The pause occurred from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time, 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. During this time, the IDF conducted military operations in two neighborhoods in Gaza City, identifying and destroying Hamas infrastructure and assets. The military reported locating approximately 35 tunnel shafts and a large number of weapons while eliminating terrorists. Additionally, the IDF carried out a raid on homes in Al-Rimal, the once vibrant business district and social epicenter of Gaza City. The Shin Bet Security Agency and the IDF's Military Intelligence Directorate's Unit 504 arrested over 100 terror operatives in the Gaza Strip, including members of Hamas's elite Nukba force involved in the October 7th brutal attack. Yesterday, the IDF reported the loss of two more soldiers in clashes in northern Gaza. With their tragic deaths, the total casualties in the ground operation have now reached 65. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu criticized the Palestinian Authority for alleging that Israel carried out the October 7th massacre, calling the claim, quote, utterly preposterous and a, quote, complete reversal of truth. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant emphasized Iran's role in hostility and aggression against Israel, noting multi-front challenges with Gaza as the primary focus. He highlighted Hezbollah's firing of over a thousand munitions at Israeli targets, with significant, significant harm to the group, and, on, and an ongoing efforts to thwart terrorist attacks in the West Bank. Number 2 Ahead of the 2024 election, several incumbents have already announced that they will retire from Congress and not seek re-election before the new year has even started. So far, 14 House representatives have announced that they will not be on the ballot in their respective districts next year. The reasons span from health concerns to wanting more time with their families to 
to allowing a new generation to take over next November. Several other representatives are also stepping down from their positions either to run for positions in their home states or, in the case of some House, House members, to switch chambers. There are seven House Republicans and seven House Democrats who will retire at the end of their term or earlier. The list so far contains Representative Earl Blumenauer, a Democrat from Oregon, Representative Ken Buck, Republican from Colorado, Representative Michael Burgess, Republican from Texas, Representative Kay Gringer, Republican from Texas, Representative Brian Higgins, Democrat from New York, Representative Dan Kildee, Democrat from Michigan, Representative Derek Kilmer, Democrat from Washington State, Representative Debbie Lesko, Republican from Arizona, Representative Grace Napolitano, Democrat from California, Representative George Santos, Republican from New York, Repub Representative John Sarbanes, Democrat from Maryland, Rep Representative Victoria Sparts, Republican from Indiana, Representative Brad Wenstrup, Republican from Ohio, Rep and Representative Jennifer Wexton, a Democrat from Virginia. With so many House seats available in the upcoming election, it is very possible to see the political pendulum swing either way. Either Republicans bolster their, their majority, making it easier for them to govern, or the Democrats win the majority and once again enact their progressive agenda. Only time will tell. Number three. The commercial real estate sector is facing the possibility of a substantial number of bankruptcies that could ultimately hamper economic recovery and threaten the wounded banking industry. Overall 30 day plus delinquencies on commercial mortgage backed securities, CMBS, meaning the number of borrowers for commercial properties that failed to make a required payment in at least the last 30 days increased from 2.96% from one year ago to 4.63% as of October of this year. According to a report from market research group TREP, the delinquencies are indicative of danger in the commercial real estate sector as they indicate that many of those could become bankruptcies, threatening an already hurting banking industry and exacerbating any economic downturn. Vacancy rates for offices have continued to trend up since the COVID-19 pandemic, which forced many businesses to adopt remote work to continue operations, a change that many workers have been reluctant to let go of, according to a report from Cushman and Wakefield. In 2019, the vacancy rate hovered around 13% and has increased to around 20% as of the third quarter of 2023. U.S. banks outside of the, 20, of the top 25 in assets hold around 37.6% of all loans but hold an astonishing 67.2% of all commercial real estate loans as of March. As of the last quarter of 2022, 40% of loan officers were tightening their lending standards in the commercial real estate sector as the industry becomes a riskier bet. Small and medium-sized banks have been the cause of concern for some following a banking crisis at the beginning of 2023. Silicon Valley Bank collapsed after a bank run in March with Signature Bank, the first Republican bank following suit, leaving many regional banks to struggle as depositors fled to larger banks that they believed would be a safer bet. The Federal Reserve has raised its federal funds rate to a range of 5.25% and 5.50%, the highest rate in 22 years, after a series of 11 hikes that began in March of 2022, as an effort to combat inflation. Inflation peaked at 9.1% in June of 2022 and has since decelerated to 3.2% in October, far higher than the Fed's 2% target. Amid fears about the struggling industry, lending for commercial and multifamily mortgages dropped around 
49% year-over-year in the third quarter of 2023. The slowdown could be increasingly felt by the broader economy over the next few years, with around $1.5 trillion in debt needing to be paid back as the possibility for defaults increases. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.